All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. I feel like we've already done a whole show. I've been here since about, I think TJ can confirm, about 8 a.m. I've been fighting and scratching and clawing to get my Twitter feedback. And f- Literally, here's the frustrating thing, Josh, is I sent – Jenny's calling, I, I, I think, any minute now. If not, I'll send you her text message. We, uh, last communication with Josh Potizi. Um, basically had said she would call us. So if anything has changed, I'll, I'll text her in a bit. Good morning. Welcome back to the grid. It was really, I don't, I think you would agree, right? I don't necessarily tweet a ton. Like if you were to get into my analytics, you would see that my tweets appear to go down every single month, right? It's not anything that is consistent, but I, I like to be on Twitter especially during baseball games. Baseball is a, a very measured Twitter.com conversation. Uh, I agree with Toby Rowland. Football, out of this world. It's problematic almost. In fact, I don't even – I like to read at halftime. I don't get on my phone during games, just halftime. But for, with Dodgers playing last night, I really wanted my Twitter. <laughs> I really wanted my Twitter account. And I, uh, I got hacked. In a in a brilliant way, man. It was absolutely brilliant. I'll explain coming up a little bit later on in the show. But welcome. Welcome on a Wednesday. And we got more than Twitter talk, man. We gotta get into we gotta get into the Brent Venables press conference yesterday. A lot of good stuff. Good little couple good little back and forths. There is there's some NFL buzz building about some returns this weekend. Like Dak Prescott, maybe to a tongue of a low, even though I guess Mike McDaniels came out and said he was out. Um, and we got women's hoops, so let's do it off right. Joining us right off the top of the show is a head women's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma, Jenny Baranchek, heads into year two. Coach, happy Wednesday. How's it going? Happy Wednesday. I'm glad you told me what day it is. That's how it's going. <laughs> I can't right? even imagine. What's, what's this like? like? For instance, is it – Combining it like season prep, the, the recruiting world. Uh, obviously, you're always in the business of trying to put this program in the best facility, a uh, best facility. So fundraising is always the thing. Like, what's this month like, Coach Baranchek, with so much that's going on? Okay, well, I don't know if your show's long enough for <laughs> everything. I, I have three hours, um, and I'm and I'd love to talk to you for all three. So I'm in no rush. Right? You are not me. Right? <laughs> we could fill it. We could totally fill it. I mean, for God's sake. Um, no, honestly, I think it's, it is, it's, it's a really like cool time of year because we've started practice officially and, you know, it's not like it used to be where you, it's your first time with your team. You know, it's like, Hey everybody, we're now going 20 hours instead of just four, you know? And so, and we had the foreign tour this summer and so we, we had some practices, but, um, but this team is fun. This team is so, um, you know, it's, so interesting because you have this you know unheard of experience because you we haven't really seen this amount of experience you know because a lot of people have this extra COVID year right and so Maddie Williams is in her fifth year but she's you know four years of a ton of experience Taylor Robertson same way and then we have people that have never played you know you have you have five new players and so that part's been really fun 
you know, and then you have the whole recruiting, right? And so we're in official visit time and, you know, our seniors are making decisions and you're making all of those decisions and you started recruiting the next class, you know, and, and for us, the next class is like eighth grade, ninth grade, <laughs> grade, right? Which is crazy, but it's real. And then you have this whole world of the question of the hour when you go into the SEC and it's, I don't know, right? But, right. Um, you know, so you're trying to make sure you're prepared from that standpoint, from a facility standpoint, right? Obviously, those are those are some big things, and that's some big buzz around here, too. Um, and, you know, and then you have this crazy world of NIL that we're still all kind of navigating and kind of trying to figure out. Yeah, gosh, that is – it's funny. You you lay out all that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, then we got NIL. Well, I won't – Oh, and by the way, we weren't tardy for school today. So yeah. that was really exciting. Let's and the Baranchek household – how, oh, yeah. how close do you cut it every day? Is it is it now? Do you and your husband balance drop off and pick up? How does that work? Balance is probably a really nice word for it. <laughs> um, it's usually me being like, I can't do it today. I'm running out the door. <laughs> um, no, I, I as much as I can take them, I love taking them to school. I love being able to do the drop off, man. Same. Um, you know, it's like the best. And but I ju- we just got to this. We just got to this like a couple weeks ago. So my my ten year old, he's in fourth grade. Wow! And he's like, "Mom, turn the music off." And I'm like, "Well, what do you mean, turn the music off?" He's like, "It's embarrassing." <laughs> like my music is not embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm we're like getting to that, and then I have my five year old who gets out the door, and I love you, mom. You're yeah. the best. I'll see you later. You know. So we still have some of that, and then I'm I'm getting to the. I'm probably gonna have to drop him off farther away. You know, like the. <laughs> You know the buffer that you have, that people talk about. Oh. So yeah, so I'm living that. that. I'm living that. My 14 year old is already done with me. My my eight year old makes me feel like the king of the world every day when she leaves. But uh, it's awesome, man. Your right. family is awesome. We're so pumped that you're here. And obviously, year one. Uh, reaching some heights, this program hadn't reached in a while, and now you get everyone back in year two. You mentioned the the foreign trip that you guys took, team bonding, things of that nature. How have you seen this squad come together uh, and embrace the challenges and the expectations in front of them here in 22-23? Well, you know, I don't know if I would tell them this, but our staff has talked a lot about this where, I mean, we're already pushing our team um, probably harder than I've ever pushed the team, and they're so responsive to it. And it's, it's really fun to watch them because, again, we do have so much experience. Uh, and, you know, we do – we have a lot of what you call wearable technology, right? And so it monitors a lot of, you know, how many times they jump, how, you know, their heart rates, all those kinds of things. So we're lucky to have a lot of that kind of data. And what's really cool is you can compare it from one year to the next. And so it, it's taking them – um, like we can go a lot harder and they're recovering a lot faster. So they put in a lot of work in the off season in terms of just their overall training, but you can now see that coming out in terms of their data and their recovery, which is really, really cool. So you have that. And the other really nice part is, you know, we can go into a practice and in a year ago, I took this for granted for 10 years. I took this for granted <laughs> You know, you go in and, and they know they know you, you know them, they know how to set a drill, they know the expectations, you know, and a year ago it's like, oh yeah, no one knows this drill. Okay, you go here, you go here, you know, and so there was a lot of that. 
Well, now we don't have as much of that. And because of that, because of that, you know, on-court leadership from our team, our freshmen kind of just fall in line. And, you know, there's been a lot of great feedback from our returners that just talk a lot to the freshmen about how they're picking up so fast. And a lot of it's a credit to the returners. But, um, but this is definitely a team that you can really push because they've worked really hard. The way that we ended the season is not how we wanted to end. And, you know, they took that and, and got back in the gym and just really worked. And you can see that their confidence is coming from their work. Ginny Bronchek, head women's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma. A couple more minutes here before we let her get to, well, you heard the laundry list of things she has going on right now. <laughs> no, I thought we were spending three hours together, Frank. Come I, on. Well, I could. I could. I just, I, 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 Josh Petit be mad at me, then I'd have your assistants texting me to tell me to get you off the air. Um, Size-wise, now, again, it was a fun joke last year when you're like, I'm the tallest person on our team. Right. Do you feel better? Yeah, I know. Do you feel better about your size you have in the post? Uh, you know what? I, I feel I feel great about everything. You know, I do. I mean, we. I think we can make up for size. I mean, I I understand that, and you can only make up for it to a certain extent. But but we can, and we'll be better from that standpoint. Um, but I I do. I feel really good about our freshmen. I mean, they're still going to be freshmen, but they're going to get a ton of experience. I mean, you look at you look at the reason that we had so much success last year is a lot of it was because. You know, especially that junior senior class had so much experience when they were young, and although it wasn't, it didn't necessarily go on the right side of the column all the time. Um, that experience, you can't, you can't, you can't measure that. Like you, you can't teach that. And so, from that standpoint, I'm excited for our our freshmen, Beatrice Cullison and Kirsten Johnson. They're going to get a lot of time on the interior. And they're going to, you know, that was also the really nice part about having the foreign tour is we played some some great basketball teams. And we had, we played against the Lithuanian national team and they're known for their kind of size and I don't know, just their overall bruteness. <laughs> I was trying to say that in a really nice way, um, but their physicality. Right. And so it was, that part was really good. Cause I think it was kind of like, okay, welcome to college basketball. And so you can see that they've gotten some experience already, which is really, you know, really going to benefit us. Um, but you're going to see them a lot. How cool is it to see this trio, um, and I'm not trying to minimize Maddie or, or Taylor, but Anna Yanusa, who could easily say, yeah. I'm out. You know, and I, and I was it was I was blessed enough to get to sit and talk with her a couple months ago when we put together mm-hmm. uh, her her season long feature. She's just got a great aura, kind of a, a great zen about her right now. How have you seen her yeah. now back in the gym going through things? Well, I agree with exactly what you're saying, and I think you know she's. <laughs> She stepped out, I think, in the first practice that she could be cleared and took a charge. And everyone's <laughs> like, why? Why? You know, awesome, but why? Um, no, I, I, I love that. I love I love her mindset, her, you know, she's, she came up to me literally in the first week she's back. And she's like, okay, so I'm like kind of a step behind. And, you know, can we watch film? And I'm like, not yet. We'll get, you know, I'm like, allow yourself a little bit of grace. You know, wow. to get yourself back. You talk about like just expectations, competitor, um, but it's really fun for us to be able to. You know, we don't think of her as just getting back right now. That's 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 what you're thinking, right? Because you don't see her every day. Right. We've seen her every day since July, and so from that standpoint, she just provides. Um, you know, she she's a steadiness, and yet she has this, like you said, it's like this Zen-like leadership where she's just calm, she's steady, but 
she gets the best out of the people around her and we couldn't be more thrilled to have her back. And you know what? We don't mention it ever that it's okay. You know, Holy cow this year, you've had all this stuff. You'd have faced all this adversity. Like we don't even talk about that. It's just go for it, go for it in every possession. We don't have to go for the year. We don't have to go for anything. It's just literally live in your moment and go for every possession. You know, she can fall down in practice, get right back up and go forward. And that's, that's what you want in any kind of a leader. Um, but it's so awesome to have her back. Hey, and then I'll let you go on this. Um, the continuity in your staff, and and I just I guess it didn't really click until I realized that, you know, I'll be at a at a soccer match and I'll see Chantel there, you know, and 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 I might be. I mean, there, your, your staff is everywhere, including yourself at the groundbreaking uh, a couple weeks ago. But how important is that in early on? To, to have that continuity, Mike back, Coach Wright being back. I mean, how important is that for this program and what you want it to be? Well, I think, you know, you 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 don't really know each other until you live together for a year, right? <laughs> and, I mean, it's like marriage, right? That first year you're like, Preach. oh, this is awesome. And then you're like, is it? <laughs> and you just, you know? And I think we were able to live through that. And so I think also it gets better as time goes. And that's what we're going to do. And we and I want to make sure that they're prepared because a lot of, you know, our staff, they do want to become head coaches at some point. And you want to prepare them to be able to do that. But I think the really cool thing about everybody on our staff, and it doesn't matter what your position is, the program's number one. And that's what we want. We want this place to be so incredible. And so, but you also mentioned something that I think that's unique about Oklahoma and it's unique about um, some of the things that we're able to do. You know, we don't want to miss out on the big events of everybody else. You know, we're broke last weekend too. Yeah. And, you know, we you know and we believe in, in Brent and his staff. We know they're going to be able to turn that around and those guys. Um, you know, but we're out there cheering for soccer. Our women's soccer team's having an incredible season. And you're right. Like, I mean, I sat with Patty and I'm like, you know, let's win another one. And sorry, you're going to have to share it with all of us right now, you know. And I think, but I think that's where, you know, like we got together as head coaches yesterday. And, you know, sometimes, and, and I loved that from, you know, coming from a smaller school. We had that because we saw each other all the time. Here we a little bit more intentional. But men's basketball would be great. You guys are going to love their chemistry. You know, everybody loves Porter's energy. We know that. And we know in the world of NIL and all the transfer portal and all the things that their team is going to look a little bit different. But he puts his heart and soul into every day. And their team, you can tell that their chemistry is going to be so incredible. I mean, we're literally in France playing basketball and our teams. He changed their foreign tour plan so they could come to one of our games. Oh, that's I mean, that cool. Just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. You know? So, I mean, it was, it was really cool. And there's just so many of those kind of stories. So, Yes, it's about the continuity on our own staff, but it's also about the number of coaches here that just support each other. And it's it's absolutely incredible. And it's essential for us. Awesome stuff. Uh, Coach, you're busy, and we appreciate every <laughs> second we get with you. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the journey, and we'll talk to you again soon and often. Amazing. Thank you so much. See you, Coach. Sooner. Jenny Bronchek. Man, I, I dig her. I dig her staff. I dig her family. Uh, she's awesome, and we appreciate her time. Tickets available at Soonersports.com slash tickets. I had the, I had it pulled up here. It, it, it looks, Josh Helmer, like the season opener is coming up from a exhibition perspective.
perspective on November 3 and then the season opener inside the Lloyd Noble Center Monday, November 7th at 4 p.m. Right there at Soonersports.com. You can get tickets and support OU Women's Basketball. Thanks to Jenny Bronchek for joining us. All right, when we come back, Josh, let's dive into what we learned from the Brent Venables press conference yesterday right here on The Ref. Dallas Bill just sent me a text. It said, hey, Mr. Pete Lank, we received your tweet in regards to a Saudi Arabian prince's request to help him in his travels. <laughs> Here's the phone number, 46-328. It's always wrong when you get those junk emails. We have $100 million. We need Place Bank. Give us routing number. Give us routing number stat. I don't. Here's what I don't get. I almost feel like it was just a game. Like this dude was, I'm going to go hack some accounts and play on Twitter. Because, I mean, they didn't try to sell anything, right? I guess they did early. They were tagging Elon Musk in tweets. And and from what I can tell, I don't think I had any personal information on here. Good times, Josh Helmer. But you're back, baby. Back. I'm very happy. Um. Baseball, we'll get to. I was in. I was in last night. You got the Finn shirt on and everything. This is my Patty Gasso gift. I'm wearing it tonight to the game. I hope the team that in the battle series that we're playing isn't a team that wears blue. That would be problematic. Then, yeah. But I uh, I was all in on baseball last night. We'll get to it a little bit later on in the show. But I, I guess the story of the day is just recapping the, the BV presser and a couple of tense moments. A staunch support of Justin Broyles. A rather, I don't want to say terse, but a pretty good reaction to the three-man front conversation. I don't know. Josh, was there anything that really jumped out to you from BV's Tuesday presser? Well, that was part of it, right? That mm-hmm. basically three-man, four-man front, none of it's working. Which was probably one of the best answers he's had. It's like, listen, man, you can say what you want, but, you know, it worked fine here, and now all of a sudden it's not working? Yeah, none of it's working. But I, I've said this from Monday's show, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Outside of maybe minor things, and this was a big deal in, in your mind, and understandably so, it's not as if he's looked at this and has said, everything I want to do is is a complete un- – I don't know if the word would be attainable. So we're just going to soften things up a bit. That's not what's happening here at all with what Brent Venables wants to do. Is I think my consistent takeaway from not just the coaches show the other day, but also from what he said in the media yesterday. And I think there's definitely a balance there. Is it working? Okay, this, this part I, I really, really believe in, but it's not working right now. So let's try this. Let's do something different. But generally speaking, it's important that your head football coach believes that what he, what they are doing is right and is steadfast in that belief. Absolutely. One bazillion percent. So we'll go we'll go through it. We'll parse through it coming up here in, in moments. Um, it's up on the – Sooner Sports Podcast page, if you want to check it out at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And that was it was literally what I was doing whenever I got hacked. But it's 
I mean, I, I know I'm not breaking any news here, and I'm not trying to make you feel one way or the other. But Josh sent a very well thought out article from Bill Conley on how unexplicable and unexplainable the contrast between the first three games and the most previous three games are in their S&P numbers. Dude, I sometimes when Bill Conley writes, I don't really know half the stuff that he's talking about. It's like I just nod. I'm like, uh-uh. Okay, that's cool. But whenever I was – Whenever I was looking at that article, Josh, you know, you, you can't help six games in when you're three and three to compare it to other teams that maybe had good starts and you just, you know, you dropped off a ledge. And some of the names that were being mentioned in that article, I was like, oh boy, that's uh it's not good company right now. Well, and look, the odds makers only know so much, but typically the odds makers have a pretty good, pretty good pulse on where respective teams stand and sure. how a game may or may not play out. Generally speaking, the odds makers do a pretty good job at setting the odds. Well, Preach. They, they've been off by what? 98 points? Yeah, and by the way, maybe I should have said that. The whole point of it is to basically lay out how Vegas and the I, – I, it's not all Vegas, right? There's gambling everywhere now. But the odds makers are – slow to kind of come to grips that this isn't this isn't the Oklahoma that was there in the first three weeks of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And and maybe even this weekend is a good example of it too with how big that number is over Kansas, a ranked team who can run the football well. And but that tweet, that tweet that Gabe put up, did you see that about the rushing yeah, numbers? Yeah, they're, they're the worst defense. Oh, you rush responded defense. to it. That's how I saw it. It was right before I got hacked. Did I mention I got hacked last night? Are you I'm okay? St- I'm still I'm shook, dude. I'm not even kidding. I was shook. Okay, I, I, but the rushing. I mean, it's the worst rush defense in the Big Twelve since conference play started, and it's really not particularly close. Oh my gosh, dude! It's it's concerning. I think to say the least, right? And, and you know what? Kansas coming into this game, whether Jalen Daniels is officially doubtful and out for this game. If he's been lost for the season, if it's Jason Bean. Bean can hurt you with his feet. And, oh, by the way, Devin Neal's a nice little running back in his own right. Right. I mean, I don't even want to read them. Here we go. Because I just pulled it up whenever we were talking about it. Currently, Oklahoma. Three games in conference play, 6.66 yards per carry, devil, 932 yards allowed. They are, in the same amount of games, they have given up 301 yards more than Texas Tech. They've allowed almost a full yard more per game, an attempt, 5.74 for Texas, 6.6 for Oklahoma. Give up 310 yards per game in just conference games. The closest team in the Big 12 is 100 yards inferior to them. On the season, on the season, it's even more like jaw-dropping because – 
I mean, if you went through the first three games of the season, I thought, hey, the quarterback run game has been a bit of a problem against UTEP and maybe more so UTEP. The Kent State guy did a good job in being elusive. But that that just wasn't an issue. I'm not trying to get bogged down on it. It's just – and I'm not trying to be overly negative or trying to say, hey, looky here. It's just – bro, it's it's shocking whenever you see it. It is shocking when you look at it like that. Oklahoma, meet Cliff, please leap now. Right. I mean, that's basically what we've seen with OU. It's crazy. I'm going to – I'm going to give you some numbers after the break. They're going to blow your mind. But, again, S&P's Vegas numbers, slow to correct, understood. I think we're all kind of blown away. But you can be the most anti-Sooner person on the planet and reveling in this like I'm sure you are, and you probably should. But nobody he, saw this No, bad. I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely. You might have seen, hey, there's a chance they can lose all three of those games, and that would be, you know, reasonable after the Kansas State game. How is that possible? How is that possible, Josh Helmer? I do not know, other than that's what bad football teams look like. Okay, here's another thing. How is this possible? The current line is actually larger in favor of Oklahoma than it was when it opened. And I don't know if that has to do with the Jalen Daniels news or the feeling that Dylan Gabriel might play, even though Brent Venables kind of hedged that bet a little bit yesterday. They'll know by Thursday. I don't think we'll get an update. We might not even get an update like we didn't at OU Texas until he's running out of the tunnel, right? It could be that those wagering haven't watched college football this year. And they just see – because that's a massive number – for a Kansas football team that runs the ball as well as they do, and an OU football team that has unfortunately struggled with the way they're running the, uh, defending the run. It's just it's mind-boggling, man. So much for a wipe at Wednesday. We're off to a great start. Sorry. All right, 9.33 on the Plank Show. Thanks to Jenny Baranchek. When we come back, our first check of the Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Uh, Riverwind Casino call in line at 405-329-9000. Brian Haney was on with Toby Rowland this morning. We'll play a little bit of that. He had some really good stuff to say about Jalen Daniels. we got to update that situation. That got weird last night. And as always, Hour 1 of the Plank Show is brought to you by Mark and Tessa and the crew over at Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167, vhfence.com. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, I, I've been very greedy. been very greedy today about my night. How was yours, Josh? How was your Tuesday night? Terrific Tuesday night. Fantastic. Congratulations to Norman North Volleyball off to the state tournament. Nice. Got to broadcast that yesterday, then went home, watched a little baseball, taped the podcast, and here we go. I uh, I love playoff baseball. It's I, so good, isn't it? I was cracking up. I was listening. I don't think it was – I don't think it was local. I think it was a national show. And one of the the points the guy was trying to make, and I, listen, I fall into this trap all the time, but one of those sports radio guy who makes a very basic point and tries to make it seem like it's this earth-shattering thing. It's like, why? Why is it that baseball can't capture this on a game-to-game basis? And I'm like, it's because the, it's not it's, October. It's the playoffs, you dope. 
I mean, listen, in sports, there's games that are what they are. You know what they are? They're an early season game. Are they a mid-season game? Not every game is Jordan Alvarez blasting one out of the park to walk off or Dodgers fans not leaving early. I mean, it's – they play 160 – what is 162 still? Is that still 160? They play a lot of games. Unless you want to cut the season down to 30 games, then that's what you'll probably have. Why can't baseball capture this every night? Because it's it's the playoffs. Because they're not NFL fans. Right. It's not a 17-game season. That was a heck of a game. I think Houston ripped the heart out of Seattle yesterday, unfortunately. We'll get to all the highlights. Hang with us. Uh, Fire Newcastle Casino, top five stories of the day coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, 10 a.m. hour is, is wide open right now. We could have a guest that falls out. We could end up listening back to a couple of the BV Presser quotes that kind of stood out to us. And we're definitely going to hear a bit from Brian Haney. But – Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What do you say, huh? Let's see what's on the mind of the peoples. Kendall writes, Kansas is coming to Norman, ranked with the Sooners unranked for the first time in 112 games dating back to 1903. Is that right? No, I don't think I don't that's, think that's right, Kendall. That's an incorrect statistic. <laughs> I think it's been a little bit more recent than, than we would like to believe. <laughs> but, I, 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 well, here, I've got the game notes up right here. Let's see. Oklahoma has won seven straight – or, excuse me, Oklahoma has won 17 straight. It is OU's longest active winning streak. Eight of KU's wins came in the first series, first eight meetings, which there's your 1903. Um, OU has won eight straight. KU last win was 96 at home. Yeah, I, I, I think that could be right. But I just I feel like it's been a little bit more recent than that since Kansas has come here as a ranked team. You I, think it's been more recent than 114 I, I years think, ago? I think or? it's been more recent than 1903, but I could be wrong. 119 years ago. But I, I will say that that's a magnification of just how good Oklahoma has consistently been. We're feeling our pain. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Saturday will mark the first between OU and Kansas since 2009 in which the Jayhawks are ranked in the AP poll. So, I know what he's saying, Kansas ranked them. Uh, the final meeting, 25 this week, it's kind of all of our first time. Yeah, and OU oh, was unranked for that game. Okay. Right? Uh, this weekend's contest will also mark the first time since 1992 that OU and Kansas face each other when the Jayhawks are ranked in the AP poll and the Sooners are not. Now, that was in Lawrence, so maybe we've got to go back a little bit further. But the, it's happened before, I guess, is the point to bring up. It's just – it's unique because Kansas had been so terrible. So OU was ranked in the 9 meeting? Uh, that's what it says here. I do not remember that, but we shall see. Maybe they didn't play in 9 Maybe – oh, you know what? I think you're right. Remember, that was still East and – East and West. That was still winning the Big 12. We went East and West. It was north and south, sorry. Um, bit away on business, what is the latest on Billy Bowman? I think Billy's probably a couple of weeks away from playing. Um, because in my mind, in my, in my humble opinion, 
I think it might have been a little bit more problematic on his knee than maybe his hammy like I thought. And some of that might be judging by walking his gait. Andrew Shepard and I, Spotter Shep and I, were when we first saw the injury, and then I went back and rewatched it. You know, when you first saw it and you saw how he was being treated on the sidelines in Fort Worth, Josh, you kind of thought, huh, seems like he's icing a hammy or something in that nature. But it wasn't. And I think we're, uh, I think we're still a few weeks away from seeing him back in a Sooner uniform or on the sidelines. You want to you wanna counter some positive, do some negative here, Josh? Sure. All right, here we go. Here's some positive. Some of these fools need to keep 128 out of their dirty feet having mouth. That's back to the coaches show analogy that Brent Venables made about dirty feet in their minds. Uh, and then there's this from the 918. Our defense is weak. We need five on the D-line. That be two edge rushers, not one. Three down linemen down. Three linebackers, one over, two backs deep. Now, why wouldn't this roll? I don't know, five plus seven. I think you got too many players. I think that'd be if, – if we could get like 13 people on defense, that might help a little bit. I'm – I understand that we're all seeing problems. I'm going to put faith in the dude to figure out what's wrong with this defense in the eyes and the vision of a dude who has been one of the greatest defensive coordinators in college football. Now, I know, I know. The, the natural reaction to that is, well, how's it looking so far and this and that. And you're right. But it's – I just am not going to start fighting the fight of, well, why don't they roll this coverage and why don't they do this more? That's what Teddy's here for. Here's one from Burley. Plank, I was worried you took the doge dive off the top of the roof. Glad you're okay. Yeah, why? I mean, is there like an incentive? Do these dudes that get access to these accounts do they do they make a little extra more coin from somebody? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to drive up their own Doge stock. I don't know. By the way, that text from the the two eight one. You're right. I'm just that. That's exactly what the injury is. So. I don't know if that's being reported on a pay board or something of that nature, but, yeah, that's what Billy's dealing with. Um, And then there was – we need some time on this text. So let me read it, think about it during the break, and we'll go from there, okay? And I think that there was a little bit from yesterday's presser that can help us get into this too. And it's clear water sooner. I heard Coach Venables, Ed Rudy, say he told players and coaches that if they don't want to be here, they don't have to be here. That really concerns me. My boss doesn't walk through the door and say, good morning, if you don't want to be here, you can leave. Is there something going on in that building that would think coach that would make Coach think something like that needs to be set? Do you think there's something concerning about this, or am I reading too much into it? Let's get a break and think about that, because I think that's a very interesting point. I don't, you know, Teddy, like I said, in in my football knowledge, my football Bible, the book of Ted is very important to me. And Teddy 316 said, no, Teddy basically is, when you listen to him on it, it's like, I 
I see where they're supposed to be and they're not doing it. And it's almost as if, what are you doing? This is where you need to be when this happens. And there's window dressing and things that can make it confusing. But I don't, I don't, that's a good question, Clearwater Sooner. Like we, we see the things that need to be fixed in the execution. But at what point, at what point do you reach that tuning out of the message? Good question, Clearwater Sooner. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show here on The Ref. Uh, all right, we're talking about Clearwater Sooner's tweet. All right, text, excuse me. Text, tweet. I'm so excited to have my Twitter account back. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like I've been disconnected with the world over the last couple of hours. It's good to be back. Wilson! You know, it's like I'm staring at my phone all night. My wife looks at me, she goes, there's... Nothing is going to happen. I'm like, it is. It's a verified account now. It matters more. No, That's true. It did not. It did. It's kind of like Twitter went, oh, no, people were concerned. I'm going to take a nap. I think the dude that even hacked it is like, wow, you are a very boring account. No credit card information. Um, okay, what do you think of what Clearwater? If you missed it before the break, just kind of rehash. Um, Clearwater Sooner was concerned by the – and it was. it's a great – we're going to put it on – Toby and I are taping our podcast tomorrow for the Sooner Sports Podcast. But it was a really good, hey, this is why we're not, this is, I'm not changing this. We're not changing that. This is, this is going to be the standard, essentially. And Clearwater Sooner said, you know, it, would con- it concerns me that there is a, well, it's my way or the highway mindset, right? I mean, it, it, paraphrasing, paraphrasing. But again, I got. I got to be honest, Josh. Part of that. I mean, part of that. It's football, and you can't compare it to your real life. No, I I know that's a terrible analogy, but I brought it up many times. Um, One of the first lessons that the big O Jerry Ostrowski taught me in in sports radio: stop, stop comparing what you're going through to that of an athlete. And there's certain situations, you know, with with mental pain and financial challenges that you can relate, but when you're like, well, my boss would never get in my face and scream at me, you know, it's just, it's not. <laughs> right, because your boss is not a football coach. Right, so I just, I, I, I think, I think more than anything else, Josh, not a single one of those coaches has had the, oh, gosh, this guy, right? I mean, I watched DeMarco Murray when um, I've seen DeMarco Murray be very passionate about doing things the right way. When maybe there's a couple of guys that aren't engaged in a huddle, when they, it's like, what are you doing? You run over there. Same thing with the post game. I just, I really do believe that for Brent Venables coming in and, you know, maybe some of the early success that they had was, I don't want to say a mirage. But just some corners were cut. It's like, hey, we're three and zero. We got this thing figured out. And the realization is, hey, we got to grind to get better. Now he he talked a little bit about it in his presser yesterday. We'll kick off hour number two with it. But Clearwater, I I wouldn't get too caught up in any sports phrase that you hear and trying to compare it to what you do as a I don't know what you do, Clearwater Sooner, as an accountant, as a wealth manager, as a 
garbage uh, guy, as a, a rental dude, I don't know, whatever. As a sports radio guy, as a writer, whatever it might be. I don't know. In the football sense? You can't compare it. In the football sense, let's just look at it from this perspective. Brent Venables, it's year one. He didn't recruit this roster, right? That's true. we've heard the buy-in's great. The buy-in's great. Is the buy-in great? Is now – have you reached a point where this coaching staff, Brent Venables, just welfare check? Hey, are you guys still on this ride with me? Are you – still invested in what we're doing here because if you're not this is the stop Mm -hmm. to go ahead and jump off and catch the next train over but if you're still on this train then buckle in and let's go together I mean I I don't know that it's anything deeper than that I mean it's a football team that's been embarrassed for three weeks in a row in some form or fashion they've been embarrassed so obviously when that's going on there's some hard questions that are going to be asked and this seems like one of those, right? Which is, is this team still bought in? That's right. We'll hear what Brent Venables had to say coming up next. But it's just, it's frustrating, but they're not going to deviate from their standard. And I know someone had sent in earlier, what's up with these fire BV tweets? Well, it's, I mean, that's what happens when your standard and the expectation level is as high as Oklahoma's is and are and always will be. And you get smoked. It's what happens. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref.